You are listening to a podcast from the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Welcome, everybody. If you haven't got a seat, I think you should be able to find one. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm uh, Tom Deval. I work here at the Russia Eurasia program at, at Carnegie. And it's really a great honor to welcome uh, David Usapashvili here to, to speak with us. He's been all over town uh, this week, but I think this is his uh, main uh, public engagement. Um, and um, he's obviously, as you all know, chairman, speaker of the Georgian parliament, but um, many of us know him before as the leader of the Republican Party, which was, I think, one of the, the great positive stories uh, of Georgia, I think founded in 1978, if I'm correct, right. back in Soviet times as a dissident party and really a leading uh, light in Georgia over the last few years for, for interesting, positive, uh, progressive ideas. So much going on in Georgia. I'm going to let you ask most of the questions. Um, but obviously, um, we'll want to hear about constitutional changes, about Georgia's move towards being a parliamentary uh, democracy. And um, time is quite tight. Our guest has to leave here to go to the hill at 3.15. So we'll try and fit in um, as much of an interesting discussion uh, as we can. But please uh, join me in welcoming uh, Mr. David Uspashvili. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for inviting and giving one more opportunity to one more Georgian to speak in this hall. I know that there were a few other people recently here. And first of all, I want to promise that we will be always ready to come here and to uh, meet with such a distinguished people here. Uh, my special hello to those who I recognize here in this hall, uh, familiar faces, and even more special hello to those whom I meet first time, and that means that we will become familiar to each other and we'll have uh, opportunities to meet in the future. I'm here together with my colleagues from uh, Georgian Parliament. Mr. Tedo Japaridze is here, uh, who is now uh, head of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Parliament, uh, but he's one of the most experienced Georgian diplomats and expert in foreign policy, and we are learning from him a lot. And uh, here we have Irakli Chikowani, who is head of the Free Democrats faction in the parliament, so-called Irakli Alassanias party, secretary general, and he's serving in the Committee of Defense and Security and also on Foreign Relations Committee. This is a great honor for me to be here in this new status, being chairman of the parliament of Georgia. Uh, this is uh, our my first visit in this capacity outside of Georgia, and we felt that it should be this city where uh, I, I, I would come and talk with the friends of Georgia about developments in, in my country. Uh, until now, since uh, early Monday morning, we completed about 40 meetings. And I would say that uh, most of the people were honestly telling that it was a surprise when they heard that on October 1st, the winner was Georgian Dream Coalition. Uh, and, uh, well, that was the case. And before the elections, I know how we looked like when we were telling to 
many friends of our country that that was coming soon. That the choice of the Georgian people was different than many expected outside of Georgia. Of course, we had probably better understanding of the local reality. We had some self-confidence because we, or the opposition of Georgia, failed several times to mobilize uh, voters for voting for us. But the voters were already decided to find somebody else. And it, it, it happened over the years. Um, but it's already passed. And we want to close that chapter as soon as possible. However, as I'm frequently saying, we should close the chapter, but the chapter cannot be empty. Something should be written in that chapter in order to have firm foundation for the future and not to repeat some mistakes. But that's probably a job not of our government, but analysts, scholars, experts, NGOs, journalists who are better positioned to analyze everything and to have more objective, more convincing conclusions about development, about ups and downs in one of the former Soviet countries, Georgia, which always tries to jump out from its past, from its region, from its difficulties. We want it to be very soon member of Democratic Club of Democratic Countries, but uh, the past, the problems, the Soviet mentality, and then many, many different things were pulling us down. Uh, now we want to make another jump, but with more lessons learned from the previous attempts. This time we want to be more realistic, more pragmatic, more predictable, more reliable for our uh, foreign partners. We learned lessons uh, that uh, when the leader of the country is very passive, does not want to take any risk, does not want to uh, take new challenges, is leading country to not try direction, and that was Shevardnadze's era. But we learned the other kind of lesson as well, that when the leaders are too fast, too enthusiastic, not looking behind them, not looking where the people are, not serving the needs of the people, but rather serving to declared objectives they create for themselves, then we are, uh, the country could fail again. So, with these great lessons, our government is determined to be uh, more rational, as I said, to be more focused on the needs of the people. During nine years, country achieved uh, many successes in many directions. But at the moment, more than half of the population of Georgia, our citizens, our voters, are living below poverty level. More than 40% of the people, the citizens, are jobless and they are seeking for job. More than 20% of our uh, co-citizens are abroad, sitting for, uh, trying to find uh, just even small income in order to support their families who are left in Georgia. So this is not the picture which we wanted to see back in 2003 when the Rose Revolution was completed by the help of 90% of leadership of the current ruling coalition, Georgian Dream. I myself, then, being member of the Republican Party, was the member of the coalition led by uh, Mikhail Saakashvili. Irakli Alassania was serving his country in different capacities. Bidzina Ivanishvili was the major donor, major supporter of 
the government for three years. He was paying salaries for ministers, deputy ministers, in order to take them out from these corrupt schemes and so on. So we were all very enthusiastic of those events and we wanted to see the promises were fulfilled, but we were becoming disappointed step by step. Therefore, we are not seeking any revenge. We want to complete uncompleted job started by the Rose Revolution. This is about the foreign policy priorities. This is about domestic policy priorities. On foreign policy, we a week ago adopted resolution of the parliament, uh, which uh, we initiated as early as beginning of January, because we understood how important it was to make it clear where the new government was heading, and to answer all the questions, all the questions which were remaining from the uh, pro electoral process. When during that clash. Uh, Mr. Ivanishvili and our team was frequently presented to the rest of the world as people with questionable agenda. We offered the, to the minority, to the UNM opposition uh, in the parliament, to work on this document together. Unfortunately, they were hesitant for some period of time, but finally they joined and we drafted the final version of the document and adopted as resolution of the parliament, bipartisan one, where we once again reaffirmed that Georgia's aspirations towards NATO membership, European integration, our commitment to be part of the uh, international efforts in Afghanistan or any other place of the world where the uh, issues of security of the world is decided, we are there and we are ready to contribute uh, that. At the same time, we underlined that we cannot have any, uh, we cannot be in any union, military, political, customs with a country which occupies our territories or which recognizes uh, those territories as independent states. That's another red line, that's another very firm uh, decision of the uh, Georgian people and it is reflected by both uh, forces in the parliament, majority and minority that we cannot step back from that line. At the same time, it is our initiative, this is initiative of the new government, to try to find some narrow opportunities, but still opportunities, to normalize relationship with Russia. It's about trade, it's about relationship between the people, it's about relations in sport, culture, and so on. Yes, we declare that Georgia will participate in Sochi Olympics. It is very difficult for our uh, sportsmen to be there in the 10 kilometers from the uh, border with Abkhazia. But we have to do that. It, this is something which can bring us better perspective in the future and not close all the doors with our neighbors who will stay neighbors. does not matter what we think, what we are satisfied or, or not. But there is no way that our relationship with Russia will be done on the expense of our strategic uh, directions, our strategic objectives, and the word given to our strategic partners, USA being the number one. And uh, we are thankful to this country for being with us during the most difficult moments of the history, even during the August 2008 war, when it was very difficult to do anything. We remember the ship which came to Black Sea, with the uh, hospital, and, and, and then what, what was the importance of that, 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 that move. 
So we'll be uh, staying as reliable partners for, for our uh, uh, partners. We have huge things uh, in domestic policy. The, there are no magic things which can make those 40% of uh, people uh, uh, employed. There are no magic uh, things which could overcome the poverty. But if we don't start it now, we will never achieve that objective. We found more than 1 billion lari uh, in uh, about uh, 8 billion worth budget for creating special program for support to the farmers uh, who we have forgotten. And more than 50% of population lives in rural area. And their uh, income frequently is the only one, only income monthly is the pension which the elder uh, members of the family are getting and it's just $50 per month. So we need to support them. And at the moment, the Ministry of Agriculture is working very hard to provide that help to the farmers in order to be able to work on their land. Healthcare, more than 50% of population were left uh, without any scheme of insurance or other, other support while the crisis on med medical care they are rising and rising. And Ministry of uh, Health started introducing a package of uh, insurance, which is still under construction, I would say, but it is already uh, done. We are doing pro our uh, best in order to decentralize the super-centralized governance system which we had in our country. Therefore, uh, the new concept of self-governance, uh, the relationship between the municipalities and central government is drafted, and I believe the Parliament will start the adoption of it uh, at the end of the spring. We started the revision of the labor code of the country. Unfortunately, this issue remained uh, something on which our country was getting many recommendations, many uh, criticism, but uh, that criticism was not addressed. And uh, as a result, workers in Georgia were least protected probably in not only in the region, but in the world. The Ministry of Justice drafted new the labor code in close cooperation with ILO and the business community trade unions. We don't want to make now the another extreme and make everything possible for the workers and leave business in difficult situation. But we need to maintain balance. We need to make sure that people who have jobs, they have rights as well. Uh, we are. Uh, we already started interfaction work on uh, electoral law. This is never-ending process, and we want to end it because after or before each election, we are doing electoral reform. Why? Because, if I am asked, I would answer that uh, all the governments, all the majorities, we are trying to tailor better for their needs the electoral system, electoral administration, and so on. This time we declared that let's end this. We know what is wrong and what is right in election-related legislation. We learned so many lessons. We know where are those small holes through which things could happen. And let's, let's overcome that. And I have big hope that this time it can work because there are preconditions for that. And I would say it's not just my will or my wish. Some more reliable preconditions, strong opposition in the parliament in face of UNM. Georgia now has the strongest ever opposition in the parliament. 
in terms of their quality, their experience, their motivation, I would say. They are very active and we want to use this factor as much as possible to extract everything what they had, but we are not able to use for the best of the country. Now they have chances being in the opposition and we will give this chance to them. We need them. And second component, which is equally or probably even more important for this somehow fundamental uh, standards of democracy being established, is the composition of the majority. This is not one party majority. This is coalition majority. There are six political parties. And each of us knows that now we are together. We have common interests, but the time will come when we may not be together after four years, five years, and so Therefore, we are kind of keeping checks and balances inside the coalition. It cannot happen that one man or one leader decides that, okay, let's make this kind of electoral system because for me, for my small team, it is better. No, it will not work. Mr. Chikovani from Free Democrats will not allow me to do that. Mr. Japarizer from Georgian Dream Party will not allow me to do, do that. And uh, I will not allow them to do that. Therefore, we can finally establish the standards of fair political competition, after which any change of government will not be such a surprise in the capitals of democratic countries that, oh, it happened, how great it is. Well, it is great, but it is shame as well. Defeated uh, leader of the opposition recognizing defeat and this is great thing, well, it's 21st century. It's no more a great thing. It's just normal thing which should happen. And we believe we will be defeated at some point. Well, later the better. But, <laughs> but that will happen and we must be ready for that. Uh, it is going to be a difficult job. I, I spoke about positive sides of the coalition. Of course, I'm not talking much about negative sides of the coalition, which uh, is that uh, we, we could probably will not be as effective as this hierarchical power structure of Saakashvili. We cannot deliver decisions in five minutes about building new cities in Georgia. We will spend more time. This time probably is costly, but it's better to have this kind of negative uh, aspects than something else. So, thank you very much for your attention, Sorry for your uh, uh, interest in Georgian affairs. We have meetings today, tomorrow, and all the time we have feeling that we are among friends. When we have got tough questions, we feel that these are questions, tough questions from our friends, and I encourage everybody to, to be tough, not to uh, decide again, as it was in 2003, 2004, that the right people are at the power, let's just support them, the monitoring or whatever is no more needed. We are right people at the power in Georgia, but we need your help, your scrutiny, your questions, your criticism, and it will only help us. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for that very substantial presentation. Uh, when you said that you're going to finish uh, discussing and have a final version of the electoral law, I thought you were going to put a lot of people in this town out of work when you do that. Um, <laughs> l let me just um, start the, the questions by asking you a, a little about, um, to clarify um, what the situation is um, 
with the constitutional amendments, have you got an agreement about whether, whether and which constitutional amendments will be passed? And also about this issue of a, um, who would be covered by a pardon for uh, former um, officials from the former government? Um, during our meetings with uh, should I answer from here or from there no, What's, uh, from here, okay uh, after the meetings with uh, some people here in this town uh, my impression is that there is some misleading uh, information circulating here about the constitutional amendments and I'll spend three minutes about that in December uh, Prime Minister offered the President to initiate together very small amendment in the Constitution, which would take out the article from the Constitution, which gives the power to the President not only to dismiss the government without a reason, but to create new government without the approval of the Parliament. This article appeared in Georgian Constitution in 2004. For some of you, well-known uh, constitutional reform of February 2004, which happened and my party split it from national movement then. That was the major reason, because many changes were not correct then. The Venice Commission, which is the main consultative body on these issues of the Council of Europe, had a very negative opinion on that. Since 2004, they were reminding the government that this article is not consistent with democratic standards. But it was there, and people thought that, well, okay, it's there. Who cares about that? Because when there's one-party system, one-party people are everywhere, then this issue was not so important. But as soon as uh, the election result resulted in uh, the Georgian style of cohabitation, where cohabitation happens not between executive and legislator, which are uh, in uh, hands of different political centers, but when part of the executive is in hands of one party and the other part of the executive is in the hands of the other party. According to the Constitution, 90% of executive power is located in President's hands. The political reality, which is after October, is just the vice versa. 90% of real power is in hands of the Prime Minister, but he cannot do anything without President's signatures, as well as he cannot appoint, or we all cannot appoint, Ambassador in Washington, although he selected, he went through parliamentary scrutiny and so on. So, uh, in this situation, there was one more thing. Georgian Constitution says that uh, the president cannot dissolve the parliament within six months after the election of the parliament. And he cannot do so within the last six months of his presidency. In Georgian context, that meant that there was time period from April 1 to May 6th or 7th, when this could happen. So this was kind of window of opportunity to, opportunity to grab back the power. Well, it happened that uh, this issue was highly, adver highly advertised in Georgian media. The uh, UNM and the Saakashvili supporters who saw that their, their party activists and party supporters were switching the floor, which happens every time when the political party, which is merged with the public state institutions, loses power. It happened in Georgia many times. I hope this time it will not result in destruction or the dis dismissal of the party at, at all, uh, completely. But in order to stop that process, the people needed to be given some hope. And there was quite uh, intense propaganda on the ground 
that let's wait until the April something will happen like this. Uh, okay, just wait, just wait. This was heard and uh, understood by our supporters as well. So Georgian people became obsessed on this April, that something will happen. The idea of the prime minister was, when he suggested to the president this, this amendment, let's make this move together and calm down the society to tell them that there will be no April or uh, March or June when uh, things could be reversed. Rather, it could be elections, presidential at the end of this year and later elections in next year, local and, and so on and so on. Plus to that, this, uh, let's say, political weapon, dismissal of the government and appointment of the new one. Well, it, it, it's, it's just not the right thing to be kept. Saakashvili was telling that he is not going to use that. Unfortunately, we and Georgian people and probably some of you have different um, memory about declarations and actions later on. Therefore, uh, the, 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 the idea was to do this together as joint political project and manifest by that uh, the cohabitation. That election results are not only recognized, but accepted until the next elections. And let's do it together. Unfortunately, the president did not share this. Therefore, we, the majority, initiated this one amendment only to the Constitution. According to the law, it needs to go to public hearing for at least one month, and then we can continue for parliamentary procedures and so on and so on. But in the middle of this process, there was another initiative, which, again, uh, Prime Minister suggested uh, the president. He suggested it and back and to activate bigger amendments, which the uh, UNM adopted in 2010, but enactment date is set inauguration day of the president uh, at the end of this year. And these amendments in 2010 were made in order to shift the power from the president to the prime minister, but to activate it only after Saakashvili completed his presidential term. It's up to you to judge what was the reason of such shift of the power from president to prime minister. But we have this text in the constitution, but enactment is the delayed until the end of this year. So another way prime minister suggested was, if you agree, Mr. President, let's activate that model now to shift the power really to the prime minister or to make the reality and constitutionality something in line. And with that, the issue of dismissal or not dismissal the government would be uh, disappearing as well. This happened through private communication. Now I must disclose this. And Prime Minister said, you can suggest it to me that instead of this one thing, let's do uh, other things as well. Plus to that, according to that model, for amending the Constitution, three-fourth majority is necessary. Now, two-thirds is necessary. So with the increasing the majority for constitutional amendment for future was crystallizing the uh, UNM uh, opposition inside the uh, parliament. So they would get real power to, to because well, you understand why. Sarkash will share that and he, he invited for negotiations. I went to him and then uh, with Mr. Bakrads and some other leaders of the UNM, we spent two weeks and came to the agreement on everything including putting in Georgian constitution uh, the language about Georgia's foreign policy priorities that we will, uh, will enter to NATO, we will not enter to CIS, and so on. This was demand of the opposition. 
On that, uh, Ioannishvili said, we don't think that these are the things which usually are in the Constitution, but if that's your demand, okay, bring whatever text you think is appropriate, we agree. Only thing is, please consult with EU and US ambassadors and NATO mission not to write there something too unthinkable. We came to the agreement on that. Text was ready, but then the issue of the amnesty jumped up. What kind of amnesty we should do? Since then, the president is denying that he ever requested any amnesty. That's not correct. I, I must say, because in the next week, they will be voting on the constitutional issues, and people must know truth, although I have no desire to, to, to talk about this endless. Uh, the first version which they requested was unconditional amnesty to everybody from the president, including, until the lowest level uh, public servants, uh, but leaving aside the crimes like murder, rape, and crime against humanity. So, for that, everybody could be held responsible, but for everything else, the whole criminal code, amnesty for everybody. We said, no, we cannot do this. Rather, we suggested different model, that everybody but 1,500 top officials who are uh, subject of the law on conflict of interest in public service could be amnestied as they suggested for everything but the rape and so on. But and for those 1,500 officials, let's create uh, the so-called individual amnesty when if criminal cases opened against somebody, that person is given a choice. If admits the crime, there will be no criminal sentence, no criminal records, and he is free. If does not admit, then the uh, criminal justice will con be continued. So on this issue, we did not agree. Their latest version was that let's leave without amnesty president, uh, members of the parliament, and members of the government only, and apply this uh, unconditional total amnesty on everybody else, which was not acceptable as well. Because I'm talking about amnesty, about all the crimes. It's not about one crime or, or something, just whatever they could have done during uh, the period until October 1st. So, because we did not agree on this issue on February 19th, the answer from the UNM was that then we are withdrawing our preliminary uh, agreement on the text of the Constitution. That's how the process ended then. After that, after two or three weeks from that time, we made an announcement saying that, well, okay, we tried our best, uh, and now it's time to vote on the original version of our uh, suggestion, which is this one article. And that is going to be voted in the next week, most likely, uh, on March 20th or 22nd and so on. Uh, we never heard by anybody, any experts or even from the UNM representatives, that this article is something good, it should be there, and it, 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 it increases stability or something like that. What will be the results of the voting? I don't know now, but that's the story, that's the issue, and if tomorrow the national movement will come back saying that, okay, now we are... Uh, hmm, on the same page where we were but then disagreed, and let's activate the whole constitution of 2010 model, our answer probably will be no, 
Not because we are not willing to do that, because this will be delaying the process for another two and a half months. Because this our amendment is already initiated and is in the parliament. We can vote for that in the next week. If we come back to the other possible way, which was abandoned uh, in mid-February, then we need to initiate it from the beginning, and the procedures will take two months and a half. And this April, which is there, is something, mystery, especially after UNM announced on April 19th national-wide demonstration uh, on Rustaveli Avenue, uh, and then so and so on. <coughs> It's forcing us to, to, to vote on that. So, sorry, this is a long answer, but there's, uh, there are so many. Uh, um, thank you very much. Let me open it up <coughs> to, to all of you. There is uh, a microphone, and please introduce yourself. Who's, um, okay, here in the second row. Hello, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for having this discussion here. Um, I have... Um, Can you introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Ketevan Shubitidze. I actually used to work for Gaila a while ago. Um, um, uh, my questions, it's, it has several parts in it. Uh, number one, with this increased scrutiny um, about the cohabitation, what safeguards could be placed in place, if you think, um, that could avoid... Um, criticism, such as recently there was this uh, university was closed down, and uh, of course the people on the other side, the former uh, those who are associated with UNM, it is easy for them to say, oh, this is political persecution, but for things that do look like political persecution, maybe in the interest of the country it's better to somehow avoid um, jumping to arbitrary judgments, or if they are even arbitrary judgments. Um, and another uh, question, it's also a tough question, but personally, I think many people would relate. Um, uh, what do you think with uh, in regards to the prison abuse case and its investigation, um, uh, the fact that the main person who was involved in it is Pedukadze, he was released on bail, and uh, I think there's too much publicity about it, and uh, how do you think, I know the courts are not, you're under, under the parliament, but how do you think the courts will handle this case? And I just hope this will not become another Kirguliani murder case for this government. Um, thank you. Should I take? Yeah. Safeguards for, for no, not, not doing some wrong things again uh, when the power is changed. Uh, Number one, safeguards uh, must be internal, and we, the coalition, must do a better job in order to convince the people about what we are doing. Nobody else can do this job instead of us, and that means that the law enforcement agencies, politicians, everybody who are responsible on decision-making and on different levels uh, need to improve this. Unfortunately, we uh, sometimes, or probably then often, are under the pressure of this for being so long in the opposition. Sometimes we are forgetting that we are not anymore in the opposition. We are the responsible people. And sometimes our speeches or our statements uh, are in that line, criticizing or fighting with somebody, but well, okay, wait a minute. It's our job to, to convince people better when some questions are raised. However, of course, it's not enough, and we are seeking for internal mechanisms of um, safeguards. Uh, Prime Minister requested uh, 
uh, and and uh, the European Union uh, High High Commissioner High Representative for Foreign Affairs uh, Catherine Ashton appointed a special person Mr. Thomas Hammerberg who is one of the most prominent human rights uh, activists affiliated with Amnesty International in the past and his last job was High Commissioner on Human Rights of the Council of Europe. Uh, he is placed in Georgia. He has access to every uh, office uh, and he is there to monitor and to advise uh, about the standards of the democracy or whatever prosecution procedures and then so on. This is a very important thing because uh, we, 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 we want people to be there and to see what's going on in, in, in real life. Plus to that, ODIR, USC institution, started monitoring of the court trials, and uh, that, that, that's, that's going to be additional mechanism. We adopted law uh, which opened the court rooms for media. It was closed since 2005, and now media has full access to the uh, court trial, and, and of course it has some problematic uh, issues, but we, we decided that now transparency is higher priority than the other considerations. And we are urging all the member, uh, international organizations to, to be more active. We had a meeting with the Freedom House people, Mr. Kramer, and we are urging him, if it's possible, to send mission to Georgia about observing the situation in the fields where Freedom House is usually uh, doing things. So that, that, that's, that's the measure of transparency, but again, no external tools could be uh, effective enough if we do not do our job better. About the university staff, Agrarian University, we learned this here. At the moment, I have only uh, questions, no answers. But uh, no, it it's, it's, it's deserves better explanation what, 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 what happened. And as soon as we got back, we will we'll try to... to, to, to See what what's what's there about the prison, prison abuse and, and so on and these things. Yeah, they are under, under investigation. Unfortunately for Georgian citizens, the video was just a confirmation of something which they already knew. It was the international community who probably first time realized that that was happening somewhere. Unfortunately, in Georgia, everybody knew these kind of horrible things, and in everybody, I mean not only people. In everybody, I mean the government as well. It could not happen that just the opposition-minded people were aware of such such things. And there is dilemma: how far we should go in investigation, and uh, where we, are, we should end it. We believe we should somewhere stop. Otherwise, we can run in in, in bigger problems uh, for now and for 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 future. About the courts. Right now, there is unique opportunity for court system to become independent. If before the uh, elections, uh, 10 requests of uh, preliminary detention coming from prosecutors would be satisfied by the courts, now 9 requests about preliminary detention is not satisfied by the judge and people are released on bail. Well, it's bad, good, without judging the judgment of judges uh, let's uh, let's 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 use this opportunity it seems that it is clear that the court system is not under influence of new government so what is left to free them from some influence of 
remaining power centers of the old government and then keep them independent. It's not easy, but it is real opportunity and we should do that. And uh, I would agree, I would have no problems if uh, this current court system makes some not very convincing judgments, uh, it's, it's better than something else. Therefore, we are very careful in the reforming of justice. We waited until very uh, a moment when the Venice Commission concluded about our uh, plans to reform the judiciary. Uh, their answer is very positive. There was one issue about term of the Council of Mem Justice members, and we found uh, a mutually acceptable model with the Venice Commission, and uh, next week we will uh, start that to, to, to make judges independent not only from politicians, but from their bosses inside the judiciary, chairmen of the court, and then so on. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah, we have a question there at the back. Levan Taktakshvili, lawyer. I'm interested, I have one question. How's our, how are made decisions inside the coalition? It's just a process how maybe you can describe in two words how are the decisions made in the coalition itself. Thank you. Well, uh, I almost invited you on the meeting of the Political Council of the Coalition uh, because uh, one of the um, new things Mr. Ivanishvili brought to political life is a very transparent uh, process of decision-making, sometimes too transparent. Sometimes we are discussing the very important issues when, uh, well probably too many people present there. I'm not saying that the people or politicians should be excluded from such discussions, but at the same time, some, some, some formalization of the process of decision-making is necessary. In, in the case of the coalition, it's a little bit uh, different. It's, it's, it's very open. Uh, of course, we have the political council of the coalition, which is composed by fixed members. They are the leaders of all the six parties, plus uh, one representative from each party plus my majority leader in the parliament, so they are about 15 persons. Uh, and the, the, all the major decisions are made there. If your question really means what is the share of influence of Ivanishvili on our decision making, <laughs> I, 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 I'll tell you that, uh, uh, of course, he has uh, big respect and influence on the decisions of the coalition. He is the leader, and he, he, he bears responsibility and then must provide leadership. But I'm surprised with his ability to listen people, to be engaged in debates, and uh, sometimes even small issue, it should be like this or like that, could be discussed for two hours. And in, in general, uh, his hobby is to discuss things, to check things from this perspective, from the other person. So he likes this intellectual exercise on, 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 on uh, some issues. Therefore, when I said that sometimes we are losing too much time on decision-making, there's great share of Mr. Ivanishvili as well. So he, he, he encourages uh, these long debates and discussions on that. But when thing comes to decision-making process, of course, then they have, we have rules. Uh, it's about voting. It's about taking responsibility. And then, then sometimes, well, I've been in minority, yes. Uh, 
Uh, at the moment, there's discussion about who we should uh, present to the Georgian voters in those three districts, which are vacant because majoritarian MPs became members of the parliament, uh, sorry, government. Uh, so there were different uh, ideas how to, who, whom to nominate or which party should nominate and so on. And I, I was hearing while I was coming here that Mr. Ivanishvili made it public, that he says, uh, Usupashvili is pressing on me and he's criticizing that we should not need more singers and dancers and wrestlers in parliament. We need more professionals and he's pushing on me that it's enough what we have there. Uh, well, <laughs> he, he's almost right, yes. Uh, uh, so he, he, he takes out such uh, things for public discussion as well. And we, we, we are really thinking how, how to ensure that those nominees are uh, best possible. And it, it takes sometimes such an open discussion as, as it was. Great. Thank you. Um, there's a question right at the back. Um, hello. Uh, my name is Nikki Kazimova, and I'm a journalist from Azerbaijan. Uh, and this morning, uh, I was at the U.S. Congress at the hearings uh, before the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Foreign Relations. Um, and there were testimonies from a representative from Azerbaijan and from Armenia. And uh, the representative, not from Armenia, I apologize, but from the um, Amer Armenian National Committee of America. And in what they have requested for the next year American uh, budget, it includes that 10% of all U.S. assistance to the Republic of Georgia to be targeted to Samshe Javahedi. And I would like to know your opinion about this uh, as the uh, Georgian official government representative. Thank you. Um. Samchhe Javaheti is one of the uh, very beautiful parts of Georgia, where uh, very nice people live. And uh, I would be uh, glad to see more and more uh, assistance going there uh, without uh, kind of harming the other regions. We have equally nice, beautiful region with equally nice people uh, living in Kvemokartli, where they have a lot of needs, and I would love, I like to see a lot of assistance going there. And Mr. Chikovani is raising already his hands that Mingrelia needs assistance as well. Uh, well, uh, I don't think that uh, these kind of things should be decided on the on the basis of anything other than needs of the people, and Georgian government needs to take care of these people. And first of all, with our own resources, that would be most uh, fair and most reasonable. At the same time, it's Georgian government's job to realize that the minorities who live in uh, Georgia uh, need special care in certain issues. And I can tell you another news, which I got just one hour ago, when uh, Mr. Ivanishvili had a meeting with the representatives of the regional uh, media, he declared that he is going personally contribute to the building of new mosque in Batumi. For those of you who are familiar with these kind of issues, know that this, this was kind of heavily debated thing, there, there is need of such a new mosque there or not, and, uh, and so on. He, he said that we need to end the shameful uh, uh, period of history 
uh, when uh, people were uh, kind of not allowed to uh, follow their religious beliefs. And uh, religious beliefs and religious freedoms, he, he means all the religious and all possible beliefs. And he made this very uh, strong declaration that yes, he is going to contribute to the building of the mosque there in, in, in Batumi. So, I believe we have some challenges in, in, in this and other areas. It's very difficult region, I would say very complex region, uh, very interesting region, uh, very dynamic. Uh, we need to be very cautious about moves there and here. Where you look, there are some possible possible um, dynamics which would not be good, not for Georgia, not for those countries. Uh, so, that's my answer. We should probably add that I think Millennium US Millennium Challenge did spend a lot of money already in Samsung Java Haiti. Yes, there's um, beautiful road. Okay, let's take a couple of questions now. One here. Thank you. Maya Kay from Voice of America, Georgian Service. Um, I know one of the hot topics discussed, still discussed in Georgia is whether Georgia should be parliamentary republic or presidential. I know there are differences in uh, coalition itself, among coalition leaders about this topic. Uh, may we know your personal opinion, not of coalitions? Thank you. Thank you very much for uh, asking this question and giving me opportunity to talk a lot about my own party, Republican Party. <laughs> Uh, the party was founded in 1978. Uh, its leaders later were arrested, they were placed in Soviet gulags, and so and so on. And they are now among the leadership of uh, Georgian Dream Coalition. And they spent years in Soviet gulags for certain ideas. These ideas were joining to NATO, first of all, leaving the Soviet Union, of course, joining NATO, uh, making, uh, establishing market economy, and establishing parliamentary republic in Georgia. That was their dream back in 1978. That's where the uh, name of Republican Party comes from. Some Republicans here in the US may think differently, but that's not the case. Uh, back in 1978, when Georgia was not an independent state, and people who were dreaming about independent Georgia, they had two independent Georgia's models. One from uh, 1801, when the monarchy was abolished by Russians, and the other in 1921, when the Republic of Georgia was again abolished by Russia. So, debate was about that. We need to restore independence, but what kind of independence? To re-establish monarchy or republic? And founders of our party were in favor of republic, parliamentary republic, and since then we are advocating for that. Therefore, my personal belief or my party belief has nothing to do with any conjunctura now. That's our kind of philosophy. At the same time, together with philosophy, we see the reality. And we are ready for compromises, as we did in 1995, when the presidential model was adopted, because then our proposals were not supported by others. And then, then we said, okay, let's then make better presidential system than worse presidential system. Now, in the coalition, uh, most of the members share the idea of the parliamentary republic. Uh, the, the amendments of 2010 made by the UNM for some different reasons, not for us, uh, but it, it, it shifts towards parliamentary republic, uh, and that's where we are moving at the moment. 
there's one issue how to elect the president. Uh, according to our Republican Party belief, president should not be elected directly, but at the same time, president should not be elected by the parliament only. Uh, we are dreaming about the country when we will have several regional uh, councils, elected bodies in the regions, in Imereti, not in Zestaponi, for Georgians, I mean the bigger regions, uh, and the members of these elected bodies from the region, from the center of the parliament, may constitute the electoral collegium, which could elect the president. That's our belief, because we think that, well, don't go into details, okay? Of course, we have some arguments why we prefer that. But at the moment, we take into consideration that we do not have those regional elected bodies. And to elect the uh, president by the parliament only, by these 150 members, that's not uh, appropriate. President should be somewhere between directly elected and parliamentary elected people. It should be more than only parliament's legitimacy and less than direct legitimacy from the people. That's one. And second, many coalition uh, members at the moment believe that uh, direct elections with the parliamentary republic, because there are these kind of models in Austria and other, other places, is better for Georgia. And the final argument... Since national movement raised this issue that all oh, Georgian Dream is thinking about non-direct elections of the parliament, we said, no, these elections will be direct, as it is in the constitution. We swear that the next president will be elected as it is now in the constitution, direct elections. What will be done after the real constitutional reform, which we, of course, will be doing, it's better our future. And how will Georgian Dream... Uh, select its candidate for, for president? How? Hmm. Well, I hope there will be first uh, internal discussions, then uh, discussions in the public. But, uh, yeah, we have some time left, but not not much. Uh, I believe, I don't know, after the elections in those, or by elections in those three districts, which is end of April, beginning May or so, things could become clear. But, uh, yeah, I, I can say about concrete procedures. The way how we, which we used for nominating our candidates in the majoritarian districts or way how we created our party list with who is number one, two, three, this will happen. Great, thank you. Let me, let me get a couple of questions now. Um, Melinda, and then... But, behind you as well. Hi, Melinda Herring from Eurasia Foundation. I was really heartened to hear your comment about uh, now's the time for the judiciary to become independent. Uh, last month the Justice Minister uh, came to Carnegie and she gave outstanding remarks and she laid out her plan. Um, but I, I just had one question about that. Um, how it seems that there's a real fear that these amnesty cases and the high-profile cases could distract from sort of the nuts and bolts of judiciary reform. How do you prevent the momentum uh, from coming out of the, the, the push for judiciary reform, which is super important? Thank you. Let, let, let <coughs> another one from behind. Yeah. Um, the um, George Mason University School of Law. Um, well, I have two questions that are kind of connected to yours. But um, first, I'm wondering that how do you think that this prosecutions that are going to be happening in Georgia are going to affect on our reputation? And second, also on our attempt to become part of EU. Um, my second question is that um, 
So if this prosecution is going to be carried out by the judges that we have, considering they have been appointed by Saakashvili administration, I know that you talked about then making them independent, but how are we going to make sure that they're not going to have too much power, which is going to be translated to something else later on? Thank you. Answer? Yeah. First of all, um, I'd rather be happy to see that judges have too much power than anybody else in the, in a given country, in a given moment, uh, in, the, in the power system. So if uh, even if this too much power is really too much, again, it's better uh, to have this situation than too much power in the hands of prosecutors and so on. The, uh, the, the, the job of the judiciary or judges are very uh, delicate and very different. Uh, they are not allowed to defend their judgments. They are just hidden in their back rooms where they make decisions and everybody can criticize and so on and so on. And, and they are in front. They make final decisions. And uh, frequently we do not see what was before. I mean, in the prosecution side, in the government side and so on. Therefore, I, I personally do not afraid that that possibility that they become too uh, strong. And I do not believe that uh, they could be held under influence uh, too long if those who are keeping the influence are not in the government. I don't believe that the opposition is able to keep the control of a judiciary for a long period of time. Therefore, the, the, the problems what we may have seen in, in Georgia, and I don't want to confirm or to uh, not confirm this, there could be such problems, uh, it's are just temporary. Uh, of course, it is a very uh, delicate issue as well, uh, how the cases are handled. Well, uh, one initiative which the uh, majority came up and then finally minority, UNM, uh, Sarkashvili's party uh, supported, was introduction of jury system for all public servants for all possible crimes they may have committed. Uh, that was kind of alternative uh, way or line given to those and to prosecution as well to, to, to have some kind of competition within the judicial system. Uh, I'm not in favor of uh, ju jury system, but since it was already introduced in Georgian's uh, system, well, I confess I voted for, although I would never imagine that I would do that in the past. Uh, and then this is one extra measure for, for, for making some change in judiciary. And uh, how to handle all these problems we have, yeah, it's, it's tough, of course. You know, uh, one of the uh, biggest problems what the prosecutor general is complaining about, it's the qualification of the prosecutors, which they went through during many years. Because, you know, the acquittal rate of uh, in Georgian courts was 0.1% on one hand. 95% of cases were uh, concluded uh, after plea bargaining. So you can imagine what was investigation. It was just catching person, offering the, the deal, taking to the court, judge votes or signs, that's it. So the skills of uh, gathering in, uh, evidences, uh, comparing, 
making high quality uh, picture of uh, possible crime disappeared. And it's 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 big problem, and we we see some 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 results of such. And uh, if prosecution uh, recognizes such shortcomings on concrete cases, it would be better. They already did on one case on uh, Gunawa's case uh, about drugs and so on. They said that no, it, it went wrong. It's tough, yeah, but any forceful administrative involvement in judiciary will bring uh, even worse results. Great, thank you. We're going to have two questions. Nino Japaridze here. And then in the third row here. Okay. Nino Japaridze. Just one question. A quick question, one question. Uh, were you surprised with the specifics of cases that were requested fall within amnesty proposed by the UNM, which, for example, included money laundering uh, as such? And if you truly want to maintain strong opposition in the face of the UNM, do you plan to remove your position of preventing UNM public officials running for public office for five years if they do fall within amnesty? That is the language that was reported by media. Okay, good. In the third row, yeah. Okay. And my, uh, Valerie Wattenberg, I'm here independently. Um, my question concerns um, the idea of truth and reconciliation processes. Um, as uh, somebody who's been watching Georgia switch 30 years to the day, um, from one administration to the next, there seems to be um, a lack of ability within the society to discuss the mistakes of any previous administration so as to avoid them going forward. Um, and I don't think this is so much, for instance, you the Georgian dream now saying it's their fault. No, it's their fault. But among soci society members, it happens all the time. And it seems that consequently the same mistakes um, and missteps get repeated and repeated. So okay. I was wondering what you thought about that process idea. Good, thank you. Actually, let's take one more, just uh, right behind you, Darina. Darina Markozashvili, Syracuse University. I'm interested in uh, the approach that the new regime is planning on taking in regards to the two autonomous republics of South Ossetia and Abkhazia. So, uh, and uh, what is, um, let's say, not only your personal party's approach, but the coalition approach and how to work with the autonomous regions. And where does uh, the Federation of Russia play into that? How does that come into the play? Thank you. Great, thank you. That's going to be all we've got time for because you've got to leave us shortening. So, thank you. Um, public officials being denied to hold public office. First of all, uh, it is not uh, about elected offices. No one ever spoke about prohibiting people to run for local elections or whatever elections. Uh, as soon as people are aware of some things, of conviction or admission or whatever. It's it's decision on the people to elect or not elect people. Second, uh, even in your in our proposal, we had not five-year ban from public service, but possible ban from zero to five-year term. That means that at the moment in Georgian Criminal Code, you can find such sentence that together with imprisonment for three years of something, a fine, uh, and so on, and then there's possible sentence. Prohibition of the taking uh, office in some profession. 
it could be a defense lawyer, it could be a doctor if he is convicted for uh, killing a person. Then for some years, people are prohibited to take that job. So that's very similar to that. If public officer, let's say, uh, so a governor, did this and this and this, and these are just crimes, and we say that, sorry, you will be resting for several years or months, depending from this public office, and in all other things you are free to do, I guess this is very normal. It's not about the party as such. People who talk about the party as such, well, yes, they are talking and they are recognizing that UNM meant public servants or public service or the bureaucracy or the government or the state. That should be disassociated and political activity of the people and their possible service in, 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 in uh, public uh, office. It's, it's different things. Uh, about money laundering and so on, uh, well, unfortunately, there's not enough time to think talk about this uh, because uh, for calming down the situation, for stabilizing the situation, for reconciliation of the uh, society and so on, we need to take measures. It's, it's, it's very clear. What kind of measures? We are in process of discussion. Since uh, we failed to reach political agreement with the main vis-a-vis, -vis, with the UNM, now we turn to experts community. A week ago we had roundtable in Tbilisi about transitional justice, about the measures which could be uh, looked at. What is the experience of the other countries? What are the least painful, least costly in money terms and in social terms uh, models? We had uh, RNIR as one of the uh, great experts in this field uh, and then some uh, other uh, experts. And we are in search of that. And we'll be glad to hear any suggestions about that. Um, so it's, it's, again, due to shortage in time, I cannot go in details, but that's what we want to, to, to deal with this as soon as possible in order to have more time to speak about something else. Because even today we are trying to go forward, but again, questions are moving me back. Uh, Abkhazia, South Ossetia, again, how, how it is possible to talk about the prospects if we do not analyze the, the, the current situation and what led it, what, why we get this. Uh, we are trying to uh, follow this strategy of strategic patience because uh, there are uh, hardly any other option left there. The document which I cited, the resolution of the Parliament on foreign policy priorities, has the preamble there, and there we wrote that Parliament reaffirms the uh, declaration, unilateral declaration of non-use of force by the President in 2010 at uh, Strasbourg. Uh, so by that we wanted once again demonstrate the change of the government in this sense does not mean change and uh, we are not thinking about another or new or whatever successful war with Abkhazia or South Ossetia or with Russia or whatever. It's not an option. At the same time we see what's happening there behind the administrative borders. We see uh, the, the building of the military bases and uh, weapons and everything. Of course, it is very dangerous, very painful, 
but unfortunately that's where we found ourselves after the August war. Uh, we in Parliament will discuss very soon one small amendment in the law on occupied territories. At the moment, the law says that if somebody crosses this administrative border in violation of the established procedures, that person must be put in jail, period. With our amendment, we say that if somebody is caught first time, she could be fined and only second time could be jailed. This is a very small thing, but by this we want to show the direction that we don't want to build the walls at the administrative border, which is now uh, guarded by Russian uh, soldiers from the other side, and from this side we would build the wall of very strict penalties, prohibitions and so on. This wall, well, we believe, could only strengthen somebody else or something else and not, 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 not the, uh, something else. At the same time, pretending that nothing is happening there and let's have free, free roads there, it's not possible as well. With that, we uh, making this uh, clear the direction. Okay, what, what else could be done in order to have some uh, possibility of looking around this or over the administrative border and then so on. Uh, the issue of possible uh, railway connection with Abkhazia, this is a big thing. Some people are criticizing the Prime Minister why he mentioned this issue publicly, because it uh, may generate some uh, not necessary unhealthy debate in the region because interests of different countries are different about that. Well, his answer is that uh, he uh, respects a lot all the interests of everybody around Georgia and around the globe. But at the same time, the uh, Prime Minister says, we expect something like that from those other countries as well. And when we are talking about uh, our problem and possible solution or possible contribution to solving the problem, we uh, probably are waiting understanding from other countries. At the same time, it's not decision. It's just idea. Let's, let's check what, what it could do. Uh, these kind of initiatives, again, it's not something that it can bring the day of uh, whatever. But uh, that's what we can do at the moment. And one last thing. Pat Zakarishvili, who is the Minister of... Uh, reintegration, tries unsuccessfully for the last four months to change the name of his ministry. Uh, but the president is not approving that it's uh, presidential authority. So he wanted to change the name of the ministry and, 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 and send a different signal to everybody. That, that the, 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 yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That our goal is not just bring back what was taken out from us, and we see that as an object that we need to have it back here. Rather, some different term which tells that we want to find the common ground with those who are there, not just bring them back. Probably we, we should go back to them, who knows? I mean, let's, let's think about this a little bit differently, with more respect, 
to the people who live there, who believe something different, who have different story about history, and, and so on. Well, um, I think you'll all agree we've had a tremendous um, answers to a lot of very, very difficult questions. Um, so I'd personally like to thank our, our guest for being with us today and, and to give him a round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you.